Prophecies have foretold, and wisdom keepers all know, that the rise of the feminine will restore balance to our world. In this podcast, we are on a journey to understand the root of the imbalance that has caused disconnection and dysfunction within our humanity, so we can emerge as leaders, creating a new story on Earth. I'm Lauren Walsh. And I'm Shayna Connors. With humble hearts and open minds, we will converse with spiritual teachers, historians, psychologists, revolutionaries, leaders, and healers to navigate these evolving times and reintegrate the feminine history that we have forgotten. Welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. Hello, our special friends and lovely ladies and men who are listening to this. Oh God, do we love you men who listen to this podcast. Such a treat for you to listen to this podcast. Shana and I are here today to have a discussion that is a discussion I'm not sure is being talked about. And we are not proclaiming that we have the answers or that we know why this dynamic exists or why or how to heal it. We're just going to share vulnerably our own experience and thoughts on this thing that happens in spiritual communities, particularly around or surrounding a teacher where the people who are students within a spiritual community or following a spiritual teacher or a tradition of some sort have an air about them, and I've been this person myself, of wanting to be special, wanting to be noticed, wanting to be seen for all our hard work and all of that we've accomplished and to feel like we have some special gift that sets us apart from the rest. And we're not judging this because we both have felt this. And this is a vulnerable conversation about why we have the need to feel special, particularly around spirituality and our own relationship and orientation with God and our souls. And so we're just gonna we're just gonna jam about this. So I want to start off by talking about where I think this might come from, because I don't think that this like idea of being special is something that happens in every culture. I think in the United States in particularly, which is where Lauren and I both live, there's this individuation thing of the individual needing to achieve, the individual being the one that needs to make a bunch of money. And it's not so much about the community as you see in a lot of other cultures, especially in poor communities. They don't have this belief system as much as like the individual needs to achieve. And so I think because of this, there's instilled this idea that like you need to leave the pack. You need to be ahead of the flock. Like if you're the same as other people, even in the spiritual community, they call you a sheep. Like there's this whole idea that you can't be the same, that somehow you need to individuate yourself. And so even the spiritual community as a thing is like you leaving your normalized family to become this spiritualized person that therefore is quote unquote superior. And it, whether people are not talk about this, I actually think that there's an air of feeling like that at some point in your spiritual journey of like, 
I am better because I am connected to God. My family, for example, loves to do X, Y, Z, watch reality TV shows that they eat unconsciously or any of these kinds of things. And because I'm conscious, because I'm quote unquote woke, you can feel like better about yourself, but what it's actually doing is creating separation. And so I think this conversation is going to be really interesting because if you are seeking to find relation with all things, it's not separation that you're seeking, it's connection. And so this part of the spiritual journey of like wanting to be different, which quote unquote is also being special, can also be a part of the journey that brings you back to connection, but it's in a way separating you from the thing that you ultimately want. So I'm curious about this because as I'm talking about it, I'm seeing it more and more how it's like connected, perhaps is even a part of the journey. But I, I want to hear your thoughts, Lauren, about that. Well, I have a question about what you said. You said that in spiritual communities, we're called sheep. What do you mean by that? It's kind of a thing that people were talking about during the pandemic, for example, where the people who you know are doing certain things and that believe the common mainstream narrative of the news are the sheep. You haven't heard I this? See. You know, and well, the no, I've heard, I've heard the negative term, the sheep. Yeah, sheep. They're just heard, following the media or whatever, the normative conversation, and they're not right. like seeking something asking beyond. questions or right. seeking to have their own orientation with the divine and to guide them as a direct experience. Rather, they're following a socially accepted narrative rather than seeking answers themselves. That makes sense to me, right? And then if like you have a little bit of wokeness, the last thing you want to be is a sheep. <laughs> you know, it's like this like funny. God, it's funny. We're funny. I find that when I'm not sure I belong, I'm not sure that I'm fully safe. And I'm not sure that the community I'm in has the capacity to hold me and see me for my gifts and then also for my shadows and also for my pain. If I feel that there's not a level of maturity or awareness or openness to really see me and receive me, I don't fully feel like I belong. And when I don't feel like I belong, that's when my need to be special kind of comes online. So I totally see that it's a community thing that you're speaking. Like that's why in the United States where we're so programmed to be these individuals and to receive recognition for our own achievements that it can come into play. And I really think like I'm feeling into now this wound of not knowing that we fully belong. And I want to talk about this for a minute because there's a part of me that has been in certain workshops or cultures. And I'm like, I don't want to belong. I don't want to belong. There's like a resistance because of something I pick up on, or maybe I make up. Either it's an intuition that's accurate, or it's something that I invent to keep myself separate. Where I'm like scanning the room and I'm like, oh no, they won't, they won't get me here. Or no, 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 they won't be able to like meet me in the place that's most true for me. Because I can either perceive the shadow of the individuation wound or the shadow of wanting to be better than or the shadow of ego masking as spiritual awareness or whatever it is. Like I sometimes can separate myself thinking that I see clearer. Like I am picking up on something that they haven't yet done their shadow work around. And then I isolate myself 
And in some way, it makes me feel like I'm special because I've done my shadow work around it. So it's, it's this interesting conversation because on one hand, I separate myself. And on another hand, I want to belong. And so I feel like if that's in play to some degree, so will the specialness thing. Yeah, I relate to you in that a lot. And there's something else that I want to throw in the mix. We don't have to fully go here now, but I want to add this in that all of our spiritual teachings, like our mainstream spiritual narratives are about like one person, quote unquote, ascending, like this one hero figure, mostly heroes or like a Jesus who achieves this thing or a Buddha. It's one person. It's not a community. And so there's this, I think that's baked into the subconscious of it has to be an individual journey. Mm, That makes sense to me. And so then this idea of specialness is actually a recreation of this like story that it has to be alone. And I think whether or not that's been helpful in the past, I actually think we're moving into a time where it's more of a collective awakening. It's like we're doing this as a community. We're awakening as a cohort, as a tribe, as a people's. And so the stories need to change. But what's really interesting about this conversation around specialness is I think that just happens to be a part of this story of the past, which is why we're addressing it now and we're like looking at it. Because I think in terms of the cultural context of everything that's happening, it hits on a lot of things that I don't think we would have normally thought about. And now that we're having this conversation, I'm like, wow, it's it ties into a lot more than I originally even thought. Whenever we have these conversations of subjects that we haven't fully figured out that we're kind of exploring in real time, like not scripted. We don't have a three-step process to teach you all. I always want to be in circle with all of you listening. I want to have this conversation in community and kind of be in the nuance and in the polarity because I'm sure there's so many different perspectives on this same subject. Like we are too white presenting women as well from the United States. Like what it'd be so fascinating to be in a circle of multicultural people who identify in very different ways and have this conversation around specialness. And also I think it's, as we're speaking about it, I think it's a pendulum. There's specialness and also isolation. You know what I mean? It's almost like a pendulum of isolation and individuation. We have to do this alone. We're either on the special side of things or we're on the not good enough side of things. But really, if we get off that pendulum, it's just really about feeling like we belong and we're understood and we're safe, I think. And it, and it comes down to that, like safety. I want to preface to the community listening how this conversation even got started. So Lauren and I were just recently at a retreat and we were there with two of Global Sisters supporters and it was awesome to be there. And Lauren's beautiful partner, Peter, was there as well. And the first day, the facilitator like loved on Lauren, was just like, you're amazing. You're a goddess, blah, 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 in front of everybody. And they came to me laughing later being like, oh, we felt so bad for you, Shayna, <laughs> that Lauren got rained on with all this glory and then you didn't have anything. And I was like, that's so interesting because I didn't feel that way. But we were so uncomfortable. We were uncomfortable because we're like, Shana and I do this together and it's both of us. And so we were all like separately, not even having a conversation like, oh God, that was uncomfortable. And it's funny because in my perspective, I was like, wow, I'm so happy for Lauren that she's receiving this love 
from this woman that her and this woman have a connection and I have never met this woman. So for me, it wasn't that story. But it's interesting, right, that the story remains within the collective framework of how we relate to one another. So if someone gets specialized, (laughs) then, you know, some of us have feelings around it. So it was interesting because then the next day, I was specialized. I was called out in front of the group and there was very kind words said about me and the way that I interact with the world. And so now everybody was happy because because now we were both special. (laughs) Now we were both special. But it brought up this really interesting conversation because Lauren and I were like, what is it to be special? And it also seemed like in a way, and this is our perception, this is not truth as we know truth to be, but it was our perception that maybe other people wanted to be special too. And there's this like feeling of, I don't know, goodness that comes when someone acknowledges you, especially in front of a group where you're like, wow, maybe there is something special about me. So yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) So that's all for now. I think there's something really innocent and really sweet about wanting to feel special. I think there really is something that's super pure about that too. I can think about all of us in that retreat, all of us, and especially the women, and watching something extraordinary and being with a teacher who's phenomenal and wanting to really feel like we are that too. We are gifted and we there's more to life and more to us than what meets the eye and it feels good to be seen when somebody sees you and is wow you have this gift and even if you don't even recognize that gift yourself or maybe you hope you have that gift but when somebody else sees it you're like oh my god it's real i have that gift and so it's tender because on one hand i want everybody to know that and especially all the little girls that still live within us that maybe didn't feel special growing up or maybe we weren't appreciated for certain things and so it it's this interesting like polarity of i want to make people feel special i wanted you to feel special when i was getting appreciated I was uncomfortable receiving it because I also wanted you to feel special. And every woman who takes one of our programs, while we can't always give direct attention to every single woman in that same way, I want them all to feel special. I never want to create a space where women feel unnoticed. And I know that we've done that. I know that there have been women in our programs that have felt that way about themselves or and so it's like it's an interesting dynamic because on one hand I find myself sometimes shrinking or hiding or not stepping into my gifts fully and being like okay this is who I am because I'm scared that I will make somebody feel like they're not special. And then on another hand sometimes I want to feel special and I don't feel special and I can compare myself to another person which is we all know that. We all know that. But I guess my curiosity is more about the collective we ascending, right? Not just one of us ascending or don't even like that word ascending, but how do we create such a community, such a sense of belonging with the ones closest to us that 
the specialness of another person activates the specialness in us. And we can all know that we're the same, but we're all so special in our equality. We might not have the same gifts, but we all have an equal capacity and innateness to our giftedness. Right. And I think this is like the the cornerstone of this conversation, because as human beings, when you start to understand yourself and you get to dive deeply into yourself, you realize the expansiveness of your being. And you're not just what you were taught in elementary school, especially going to like a normalized elementary school in the United States. It's very linear and logical. And we're so much more expansive than that. And so when you start to touch that, I think inevitably there's a part of you that wants to grasp and be like, wow, I'm this. And just I'm this is because you're the only one who's experienced it in this insular consciousness. But I think as time goes on more and more that there's a connection between all things. What's interesting about the specialness is that, and this is something I constantly have to remind myself because I think actually as you unlock your gifts, it's really easy for you to grasp them and to have that become something that you identify with. And that can be like some kind of spiritual materialism or something like this, where you like have this experience once and therefore you like deem yourself that you are this thing. And the reality is that we're constantly changing and evolving. And the memories that we have are just that they're memories. And the only thing that's actually present is like the present moment. And so the specialness actually comes from like this wanting to grasp and be like, I'm special because I've had this experience or I'm special because I've had this feeling or I'm special because I've done this kind of work, this healing work. I'm special because I've gone so deep. I'm special because I sit in this room and I feel like I've had a different experience than others. Like we've all had a different experience than others. And so like my experience now is to try to remember that just because I have this perception inside of myself doesn't make me so different than somebody else. Like we all have different gifts. We all have different ways of perceiving. We all have different senses that are more turned on than others, whether that be the five senses or the expanded sense of the senses. And we all perceive the world in a very different way. We have a common language and framework, which allows us to connect on a level of sameness. And yet there's so much more expanse to each one of us than we could probably articulate to the other to even make the other understand our internal landscape. And we do our best, right? But what I think about this specialness is often it can become a trap if you're not careful. And this is something that I think in the woke culture is something that people will have to experience. If you're awake, this is not a problem. I think that kind of like transcends as you become more aware of this stage in the journey of And it has something to do with humility too. Like Lauren and I have talked about this pendulum, I think before, and Lauren talks about it a lot in a beautiful way, but it's like, where is humility in the middle of this pendulum that goes between ego and self-deprecation? And I think specialness is something like this. It's like, how do you find the line where you know that you're a child of the divine creation? You are special in that sense, yet you are one of many. You are one of the creations of the divine, which everywhere you look is around you. And it's like an interesting conversation of learning how to expand your awareness beyond just this feeling of I'm so special because yes, you are so special. You're a precious human being alive here on this planet for a special purpose. And you are a brother and sister of the family that is here on this earth and of the endless amounts of beings that are present in form and not in form that are present here. So 
this is like my esoteric way that I start to think about this. That was the best thing I've ever heard you say, ever. That was special, Shana. So special. Thank you. You're special. And you set me up for exactly what I wanted to talk about. Thank you for mentioning all of that because when you're speaking about the grasping of I've done this thing and therefore that makes me different or more accomplished or I've put in so much effort that I did this thing or I had to go through this thing and we grasp onto something that we've accumulated some worth in ourselves because we had this thing or we did this thing or we've given this thing or shared this thing or received this thing or sacrificed this thing. And what I realized is that when we identify so much with the things that come through us, whether that be a devotion to service, whether that be a gift, like a voice to sing, whether that be the discipline to sacrifice yourself or sacrifice certain things and sit at your altar every day and really devote yourself to connecting and receiving direct revelation from the creator. There's a way in which we expand during that period when we are of spiritual devotion or There's a way in which we become more expansive. But when we confuse and conflate that what's coming through us is us rather than creative spiritual force, when we think that we are that force that can flow through us and we forget that we are these human souls that are a channel of that and we think we are the thing we channel, that's confusing. That's confusing because I think to be a clear channel one must recognize the smallness, right? I am but a speck of sand, but the entire power of the cosmos can flow through me if I am in the right condition. If I am burdened with all sorts of negative thoughts or judgments or unprocessed emotions, that blocks my channel. But if I'm clearing out my consciousness, if I am practicing energetic hygiene, if I'm practicing devotion and being in right relation with the earth and peoples and my thoughts about myself and others, then my channel, my vessel is clearer such that I can channel profound things. And if I identify with those things, that's a trap for me and for all of us. Yeah, it's a trap. And it also is a potential way to shut down that channel. I think as we begin to receive downloads or higher streams of thought and wisdom, when we become so identified with, that's a really good way to turn it off. It's just part of the game, I think, at least in my experience. It's just the way that it works. And I don't know why, like I can't speak for that higher stream of consciousness. But what I imagine is true is that it's a learning process that like we can identify with it. Lauren and I were with the chief of the Iwanawa tribe and he was talking about humans are so weak. There's not that much that we are really capable of doing on our own. It's really this connection to the divine, this connection that we have to this greater force of consciousness that powers us, that gives us our energy, that gives us our creative inspiration, that gives us this will. We can sometimes just identify, this is me. This is all me. No. Where do you think you came from? Where do you think you were born from? Where do you think your soul evolved from? And I think this is the conversation that maybe makes someone go on to the spiritual path versus like the normalized sheeple path, which I'm just totally kidding about the sheeple thing because I think it's ridiculous. But yeah, once you end up on this side of the spectrum where you're more open to this like 
endless flow of consciousness and then the various paths that can get you to the same place, then you start to realize more and more that there's something much greater that powers you, that moves through you, that enables you to do things. And the over identification or grasping of this thing, like you are a part of it, but you are not it. It, exactly. Not conflating yourself with it, with the greater force that can channel through you. I think that's really important because if we realize that we are humans and we belong to a matrix of souls that our evolution is inherently connected to, that we rise with them, that actually in some ways takes a lot of pressure off of being perfect and trying to figure out exactly how we get the, we unlock the code to ascend and rise to 5D and tower above the rest so we don't have to feel the intensity of what everybody else is going through. But guess what? We're all connected to it. Like we can rise. Yes, we can evolve our consciousness. We can clear out our consciousness, but we are connected. We are connected. And one can look at that as, oh man, I don't want to be connected to these people. But on another hand, it takes the pressure off. Because it's not about trying to be better than or better than we are. It's about learning how to love and accept. It's about learning how to really look at people and instead of judging them and instead of judging ourselves, get curious about what is their soul really yearning for? Because, and I'm saying this to myself because I'm thinking about like my judgment of those who are new to their spiritual path and they like show up and are super flamboyant in a way. And it's easy to see that they're wanting some type of recognition and specialness. And I have this tendency to judge them. I've really struggled with this. I've talked about it on this podcast. I want to judge that. But I did that when my first three or four years of my spiritual path, like I really wanted, I really wanted some kind of recognition because for the first time I had this like greater awareness of something. And I wanted to know that I belonged to it, that I belonged to be there. And so instead of me judging these people who are still in that phase, what if I looked deeper and saw what they really needed and energetically, not even having to talk to them, held a presence of you belong to, you don't need all that. You belong to. It's literally not about anything you do. It's about the essence like the deeper motivation behind it that might be subconscious. And so if you're right with yourself in your subconscious and you can embrace and be aware of your shadow, because I still have the need and desire to want attention and validation. No way have I surpassed that. If I'm not aware of that, then I could easily be doing things without that shadow integrated. It's not bad to have a shadow desire. That shadow desire just points to where we have needs, needs that haven't fully been met by our family or our world. And that's beautiful. It's a, it's like good to know what our shadow desires are, not to judge us for the shadow desires and needs, but it's just about knowing that they're there so we can tend to that rather than trying to masquerade getting validated in different ways. Right. And I want to like, just agree with you that this is, Lauren and I are having a shadow conversation about our own shadow too. (laughs) We were laughing about wanting to be special because this is something her and I have both experienced in the past, probably more, but also still 
And so it's not something that we're ahead of in any way. No, we're like very much in it, which is why we're having this conversation because it helps us understand. And I think as we continue to grow and evolve, this conversation will change. It will even feel different than it does now. Where I'm at now is like this internal talk with myself of, oh, that sweet little girl, right? That wants to be recognized for her intellect or her work or whatever the thing is. And like just knowing and saying to myself, like, yes, you are beautiful. You have this creative life force inside. You have so much mystery inside. Wow. And every other person has this too. And this is something I have to say to myself because it keeps me in check. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And to want to feel special isn't inherently wrong or bad. No. It's not. It's actually beautiful and pure. There's something really pure about it. It's just, again, dangerous if we don't have it integrated into our conscious awareness. It's a little dangerous because it can trip us up and get us into traps and get us into a place where we don't feel good about ourselves or we're judging other people. And it literally could quite literally trip you. I swear to God, I <laughs> fell on my face like kind of in this process. And I was like, wow, like I literally had to fall on my face. So it's okay to fall on your face because you just pick yourself <laughs> Absolutely. up. Falling on your face is the best thing you can do. Good job. Good job for falling on your face. Now pick yourself back up. So this reminds me of a story that I love to tell. There's a man named Sebastian and he was a spiritual teacher from the Amazon rainforest, super, super gifted and also incredibly humble. And one day he was walking in the forest and his son was walking with him and his son was feeling so down about a mistake he made. And he was just going, stewing on it in his head. He's like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did that. And he was feeling really bad and guilty and shameful when Sebastian said, son, When you take a shit in the forest in the wrong spot, do you go back there to that same spot where you took that bad shit and get a stick and like swirl around in that poop and look at it and be like, man, why did I poop there? And then swirl around more, smell it and be like, man, why did I poop there? No, you keep on walking and you try not to poop in the wrong place. You're like, it's the same with mistakes. And I don't know why I'm telling this, maybe for some comedic relief, but I love that story because I'm so prone to feeling so guilty when I catch myself judging somebody or I catch myself talking bad about someone on accident or like something that I like really don't believe in that I get something comes over me and I don't, I don't act in, in, in the integrity that I hold myself to. I can stew over it. And so for those of you who need that, there you go. Yeah. And I think what that was actually is like this healing bomb for any of us that are at this moment realizing that we have had this specialness thing going on and like, just know that it's 100% okay. And I am right there with you. And if you need to think of someone else who (laughs) has thought they were super special in their lives, look no further. So we're all here learning and having this conversation as a way for us to like let this out of ourselves so we can see it more clearly and not feel so alone in it. And we're all learning together of how to be in right relation within these communities and yeah, and to really create spaces that feel safe and that perhaps you don't have these feelings inside. We can't save you from that. You can only save yourself. So just learning how to be. 
And for those of you who feel like you've been called to hold space and lead retreats or lead communities or gather people together, this is a really good thing for you to presence. This is a really good thing. I love, I love it when I'm with a facilitator who's, here's the elephant in the room that is in the shadow of the way we relate to each other. Let's just be with that for a second. Say, it's okay that this is here and let's navigate it. Because I think shadow is only bad when it's not acknowledged. But once we acknowledge it, it's like, oh yeah, we can swim in these waters. We are all human. We all have this thing. And it just really helps create a space where people can really drop in. Facilitation tip for those of you who are facilitators, feel into the elephant in the room, speak it. And don't speak it while calling it out without calling yourself, like finding that part of it that is true for you and bringing that forward. And that I find keeps a space grounded and safe, as safe as a space can be. Because there's always things that can happen when people come together with different feelings and perspectives. Yeah. And especially in this time right now, we're really all learning how to be together again. I feel like in a new way, we're learning, relearning community and how we want to be coming into this new time. And we're all learning together. And that's why we have these conversations. So I'd really appreciate if you guys like this episode to leave us a review, let us know to write us on our email because Lauren and I are constantly having conversations like this and would love to hear from you if these conversations serve you and are interesting. And also feel free to email us if you have something to add to this conversation, because like I said, it'd be so great to have this in circle and community and just keeps giving me and Shana more reason to have a global sisterhood weekend where we all meet in person. (laughs) So planting a seed for that in the future. And I have an idea. I have a social experiment. I want to title this podcast, Are You Special? Question mark. And see if we get more people to click on this (laughs) than usual. I'm just, we'll see. So let us know if that, this title piqued your interest. Because I I think, again, it's, it's essential to this like longing inside that we're all exploring together here well that's all for now it's all for now we love you so much thank you so much for tuning in to the time of the feminine podcast it is such an honor every time to be able to host these conversations and to share the stories of the beautiful people we get the opportunity to interview and so if you enjoyed this podcast please go ahead and leave us a review You can do so on Apple Podcasts and write a nice note, or you can do so on Spotify by leaving stars. We so appreciate every single one of you that's taken the effort to go out and to share with others and with our community about how this podcast has touched you. It really means so much to us since for us, this is a labor of love. And so thank you for giving back in that way.